The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey squad, welcome into another Dynasty video. I'm Robbie Jeffries with the Fantasy Authority and today I'm bringing you four Dynasty buys for the month of February. So let's just dive right in to who these players are. My first one is Zach Wilson, who is the quarterback 21 in January's ADP given to us by Dynasty League Football. And this is in Superflex, of course, and, and he didn't have a great rookie season, so it's understandable why some people have him down this far. But let's compare him to some of the other rookies, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, who all also struggled when they were put on the football field. They're all viewed as top 10 Dynasty quarterbacks right now. And I know that Zach Wilson will probably sink even further than that 21 spot when we bring in this 2022 rookies class of Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, Matt Corral, some of those guys, he could even sink further than the t quarterback 21 that he is now. Uh, but we need to remember uh, that his season isn't just this the lost season, right? Uh, Zach Wilson actually improved a lot in his last seven games and specifically at not turning the football over. That was something that plagued him through the first couple games of his season. But during the last seven games, he actually only turned the football over three times uh, compared to nine scores. And so he was better than Justin Fields during that span, better than Trevor Lawrence. And really, if you look at all of the offensive situations around him, his was probably the worst, right? The Jets' uh, skilled positions, they had Elijah Moore, who was injured for most of the time that Zach Wilson was the starter, uh, had some flashes, obviously, but that was with some of the backups. Uh, and then uh, Michael Carter, who didn't really flash to the end of the season. Corey Davis missed half the season. Jamison Crowder missed half the season. And there's no viable pass-catching tight end on that roster. So we could argue that Zach Wilson had the least amount of talent to work with uh, of all rookie quarterbacks in 2021. What can we see, you know, looking towards the future for them? You know, in 2022, well, they have the fifth most cap space with $48 million. So that's a lot of money to allocate out to bring in better players. Now, a lot of that is going to go to the defensive side, as it should. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL on that side of the football. But let's talk about tight ends there for a bit. This is a really good free agency class for the tight ends. Guys like Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, Evan Ingram, are all names that could be a major boost to Zach Wilson's passing game, especially over the middle of the field. And they have the money to bring in a guy of that stature. And then we can also look towards the draft, right? They have four picks within the top 38 picks, um, including the fourth overall pick and the 10th overall pick. I know that Akeem Iwanu is a big name at number four that people are looking at to kind of solidify that offensive line. He'd go um, kind of slide in maybe at that right guard with Makai Becton, who only played 48 snaps uh, last year. He was out basically the entire season, maybe returning to left tackle or right tackle. Um, and then George Fant could play the other uh, tackle position. So th that would just solidify the line. And then you could also have, you know, a pick at number 10 be a Garrett Wilson or another wide receiver to really just bring more weapons for Zach Wilson, because that's something they definitely need. Um, on the offensive side of the football, as well as the help on defensive side. So with the cap space that they have available, with the draft picks they have available, I think that Zach Wilson um, is only going to get better from here, and he is just an absolute discount right now. I'm not saying he's going to be a quarterback one for your super flex leagues, but can he be a quarterback two in that 
you know, 13 to 20 range. I absolutely think he can. And right now he's going at quarterback 21 and will probably get pushed even farther down. Like with the sales video that I did earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm going to give you guys actual realistic trades that I would do to acquire Zach Wilson. Um, I would look to trade maybe a 108 or later first round pick for him. I know that this draft class isn't as great, but they do have some good talent earlier on. So I'm not trading an early first. I'm not trading a mid first. I'm probably looking at that 108 spot or later. Uh, and I'd be fine moving one of those assets for Zach Wilson. I'd also be fine with a rebuilding team moving off of a Ryan Tannehill or a Matt Ryan. I think if you traded away Ryan Tannehill, you could get Zach Wilson plus maybe a late second. Uh, then with Matt Ryan, maybe you have to toss on a third uh, to move off of him. But uh, some guys I'd be looking to trade away from to acquire Zach Wilson. Ryan Tannehill comes to mind. Matt Ryan's another name. Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, these are all guys that are right around uh, Zach Wilson where you could make that move to a younger asset who's not even 23 years old and has the prowess uh, to get better at such a discount. So that is the first guy I am looking to acquire. The second guy, Josh Jacobs, uh, he's the running back 16 right now in a DLF's ADP, and that is just too low for a guy who after his first two seasons was a top 13 running back in points per game. You know, Josh Jacobs is actually coming off his worst fantasy finish uh, of his three years, despite having the best season as a pass catcher where he had 54 receptions. Uh, but so why is that working? Why is he a dynasty buy for me if this is his worst statistical season? Well, first off, he is a touchdown machine. He scores on nearly 4% of his carries, 3.8% uh, to be uh, exact. And how that compares to others, Derrick Henry is at 4.5% of his carries. He's getting into the end zone. Nick Chubb is at 3.9, so basically identical to Josh Jacobs, and then Dalvin Cook's there at 3.8. So he's basically one of the top scoring running backs in the league, and that is on top of what he's doing now here in 2021, catching the ball, right? So that's my second point is that he is showing that he can be a pass catcher, and maybe he doesn't get the 54 um, that he got in 2021, but does that, you know, does he get 75% of that? That's still 40 catches on the year. And we know that that running back one threshold is right around the 40 uh, catches for a running back, unless your name's Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. And then the third thing is, is what he lacked in volume in 2021. I think he can absolutely regain here in 2022. People were really worried about Kenyon Drake coming in and stealing a lot of the workload. Well, that wasn't the problem. Kenyon Drake only had 63 rushes in 2021. Uh, he only had one game of over eight carries. So what was the issue? It was just that they ran the ball. They did not run the ball all that often. They were throwing the ball a ton in Las Vegas in 2021. Uh, but Josh McDaniels, who's the new head coach, he has coached a top 10 rushing team uh, in attempts in each of the last four seasons. And so they are averaging 29 rushes per game in New England. He comes over here to Las Vegas where they've only been averaging 23 uh, the last couple of seasons. So you know, that's, that's an increase of six rushes per game. And let's say that that's an extra 30 or 40 attempts for Josh Jacobs. That would have vaulted him back in the top 12 running backs if he had got that. Uh, turning 24 here, uh, just turned 24. This is a young asset who's a bargain right now. Uh, this is a running back one that I think has running back two price. And what does that mean for trades? Uh, I would pivot from an Aaron Jones type of player to Josh Jacobs. Uh, if you need to throw in a late second to get that done, I would do it. I would also... Uh, look at doing, and I know this is going to be tough for some people to hear, but a Josh or a J.K. Dobbins or a Cam Akers player to Josh Jacobs. I think you can trade those uh, 
assets that are more highly valued, get some picks with them, maybe early to mid seconds and get Josh Jacobson. I don't think you're losing too much there in age or expected fantasy output. Plus you're getting a pick to go along with it. So if you're trading just a, a 2022nd pick straight up for Josh Jacobs, I would say a mid to late first is about as high as I would go. Maybe that 106, 107 range type of pick would be a perfect pick for Josh Jacobs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The third player that I am trying to buy here in February is Jerry Judy, who is the wide receiver 28 in DLF's ADP. And can we just get this man a quarterback? I think that is the one thing that has held Jerry Judy back. I know there has not been a ton of things to um, put on the table for Jerry Judy for being a buy in terms of productivity, but this has been one of the worst passing offenses over the past two seasons. And that's kind of a big reason why he hasn't gotten it done uh, in the NFL. If we look at his productivity, you know, it it decreased from 53 yards a game to 47 yards per game this past year. He had his injury in week one, and then the the switch between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke was not good uh, for the Broncos. Both of those guys were kind of low-ceiling guys, right? They only threw 20 passing touchdowns, which was one of the bottom uh, teams in the NFL. And so if you're only throwing 20 touchdowns a season, that is not viable for too many of your fantasy wide receivers. But why am I still high on Jerry Judy? You know, if we look back to his him as a prospect, he had a really good college pedigree, right? He had an early breakout age. He had a good target share with a crowded Alabama wide receiver corps. Uh, he has early draft capital, right? He's a first-round pick, 15th overall, and he's still young. He isn't even 23 as we sit here in mid-February. He'll turn 23 in April. He's basically a year older than Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson, two highly touted rookie wide receivers in this 2022 class. So I don't think the story is written yet on Jerry Judy. And one really big stat that points out uh, success for me is his separation. He was number one, number one of all wide receivers in the NFL for target separation yardage against his defender. What does that mean? It's it's how open you are uh, against your defender. 2.54 yards was his average target separation. And, and that's number one, according to playerprofiler.com. And so a lot of people are linking Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Uh, that would be a huge upgrade, obviously. If not, there's always the draft right with Kenny Pickett or uh, a different quarterback. Either way, I think anybody that comes in is most likely going to be an upgrade to what they currently have. Even a Jimmy Garoppolo uh, would be an upgrade. And so I think where Jerry Judy is currently going is going to be an absolute steal. He's a super young guy who has top 30, top 24 wide receiver upside here in this next season. Uh, who's a guy I would be willing to trade away to acquire Jerry Judy? That would be Hollywood Brown. It is an easy one-to-one name that I think um, Hollywood Brown, a little bit older. I think that he's going to start to lose some of his role to Rashad Bateman. I would love to flip him for Jerry Judy or a late 2022 first-round pick for Jerry Judy. I think that that's a pretty even swap or moving CEH for Jerry Judy. And I think he would also pick up a 2022 second early round second that way is um, would be a good uh, exchange for CEH. All right, my fourth and final player is Cole Clement, 
who is the tight end 13 in January's DLF ADP. Cole Komet had more catches, 60, and more receiving yards, 612, than Dawson Knox, who was the tight end 8 in 2021, Hunter Henry, who was the tight end 9, and Pat Fryermuth, who was the tight end 13. So Cole Komet finished way down at tight end 22. Why? What was the reason for that? Well, he didn't find the end zone, not once. And really nobody did on that Chicago Bears offense. They only had 16 passing touchdowns all season. We just talked about the Broncos only having 20. This was one of the few teams that managed to have even less than that. Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, even Nick Foles for a game. They all kind of struggled in that Matt Nagy offense. Well, all that's kind of washed away, right? We have Justin Fields with a new offensive coordinator in Luke Getze. And he's a guy, right? It's not going to be this carousel of quarterbacks. So I do think Justin Fields improves. And with that improvement, I think it comes with um, some improved stats, productivity for Cole Komet. Uh, there's no reason why Komet can't be a 68 touchdown guy, but even if he got uh, four touchdowns on his last year's resume, he would have jumped all the way up to the tight end 14. So this is a guy that's going outside the top 12 tight ends. He's only, he's not even 23 right now. I think that's one thing people forget with Cole Komet. He's been in the league for two years, going into his third year, and he's going to turn 23 here shortly. 6'6", 260 pounds. Uh, he's a second-round pick, so he has the draft capital. And he's going into this third season, and we've seen a lot of third-year rookie tight end breakouts. I think Dawson Knox is, is one of the ones to toss out here from this year with the Buffalo Bills. And so I think Cole Komet just it has this, this upward uh, trajectory for his his career here. And I think you need to get him before people start to realize uh, what's happening there in Chicago, before we see Justin Fields take that next step. Get Komet while he's cheap. What can you get him for? What does that mean? I think you can get him for a late 2022 second round pick. I do not think that this is an expensive asset to get for your teams. In two tight end uh, leagues, you might have to pay a little bit more, add something on top of maybe a mid-second. But I would trade away like a Chase Edmonds or a Michael Gallup, two kind of middling age players who I don't think are ever going to truly produce as consistent um, fantasy producers for their position uh, to get a Cole Komet. Those are guys that I would trade away. But those are my four dynasty buys for the month of February. These are moves that I think need to happen before the draft and really before free agency because there's a lot of moving pieces that could change the value of some of these players. Um, I think you should get in while they're all cheap. I appreciate you all checking out the video. Subscribe, connect, leave a comment. Let me know what trades you guys are making. If you make a trade for any of these players, please drop it in the comments below and we'll catch you next time.